I'm Haley Oaks, and this is Milk Trails. A journey in the out-of-hospital birth experience. When second-time labor and births are more challenging than the first, it can be jarring and confusing, especially when the first experience was so fast towards the end of labor that your baby was known as Hallway Harrison at the birth center where he was born. Elizabeth and Doug share the story of their home birth for their second son and the great surprise of having to work so much harder, emotionally and physically, for the birthing experience they had before. In the early days postpartum, Elizabeth came to find out why her labor was so challenging, the long haul road to recovery, and moving through it all at the start of a global pandemic. So today we are talking about second time labor and births that are unexpectedly more challenging than the first experiences. And we have very special guests, my home birth clients, Elizabeth and Doug, to share their story. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Hi. Hi. So their first son was born in a birth center. Well, just barely. He <laughs> came so swiftly at the end of labor that he was given the nickname Hallway Harrison. And for the birth of their second child, they planned a home birth. And I was fortunate enough to be there supporting them as their midwife. So was the fast labor, was Harrison's fast labor a factor in your decision making as to where to give birth to your second child? Oh, definitely. (laughs) In hindsight, it would have been just so much easier to stay home with Harrison instead of get in the car and try to make it through the hallway. (laughs) Um, But we didn't know. And that was my first birth. And um, I I didn't know many people that had had out of hospital births. So the birth center was kind of like the midway um, point for us between like hospital and home birth. So yeah. Yeah. And especially when we saw that you were doing home births, it was kind of like, okay, that was easy for us to kind of transition over. Yeah. That was was definitely played a factor too. It's, we, we loved having, you know, we loved working with you at the birth center. And so, you know, we're not supposed to pick favorites (laughs) there, but (laughs) maybe we had one. And, And I think, you know, I was thinking about the, um, the, the speed and I don't know if, if Harrison's birth was so fast that that played as big of a factor because Elizabeth did labor overnight. And so Mm -hmm. I think it was just, I think it was at least in my mind, it was really, you know, how much of the labor was spent at home. Yeah. And how well it worked for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, yeah, we were, and I, I felt comfortable at home. Like after all, after being with the midwives at the birth center and doing all the research and, you know, hearing a lot of birth stories, I felt more comfortable at home with midwives. And so I think that that played a factor in, you know, me feeling safe and um, me feeling, you know, that it was a good place to, to give birth. Mm-hmm. And Doug, I'm sure as the partner and like your role is safety and like, and also like the logistics of the birth that like to not have to think about the car piece and the child <laughs> piece was maybe like, ah, yes, this is a relief to just have everyone come here instead of. Absolutely. Yeah. That driving from, from our, from our house to South Pasadena was probably the most stressful drive I've ever had to make where I wasn't allowed to 
to speed or you know make any any dangerous turns. And you, you had know. to avoid the bump there. They were doing construction on the street north of here. That would probably be a faster way. But oh my god, it was so bumpy. And when I was pregnant, I hated it. So he had to avoid. The bumpy road. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it became an obstacle course to get there. But after that, yeah, I I think I literally had two questions for you when we met, um, Haley, when you're like, you know, we were kind of like, oh, is home birth a good choice for us? And I was like, "Um, what happens when I poop? And (laughs) is there a hospital close enough? That was, you know, the only two questions. (laughs) Very pertinent, important questions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm giving birth. <laughs> uh, um, so what was your pregnancy like with a little one running around? You, what do you, what would you say were the challenges the second time around? Um, and what were the benefits of having gone through the experience before with pregnancy? I would say, um, at first I, I was feeling a lot better than I did with Harrison. So I was like, Oh, this is going to be fine. And I worked for the school district. So the summer was coming. I'm like, Oh, I'll keep Harrison home from daycare and we'll just have a nice summer. But then I just was starting to feel so sick and so tired all the time. And, uh, you know, there were like a couple days when I couldn't keep food down. And when you don't have a toddler at home, then you can rest on the couch for like, I would like set my timer for seven minutes before I head out to work, (laughs) but you couldn't do that with a toddler. Um, But at the same time, um, I didn't have any time to like be worried or like to kind of go down a rabbit hole of like, Oh, I didn't feel him kick for four minutes. Is he okay? And then, you know, that type of thing kind of kept my head um, more on, um, the, the exciting parts rather than the, the parts that, that could go wrong, which with my, with Harrison, I was worried a lot. Um, and so that was a little bit of a blessing. And, um, how did you prepare physically and mentally for the second birth? Um, like not only, you know, finding the time to do that, but also how was it different than the first Well, I kind of felt like I knew like physically to like keep working out and, um, you know, my iron levels were low. So we did a lot of like, um, making sure I was eating the right type of thing. Um, but also physically preparing like the bedroom and things in the house, I would be like, I don't want that pile of papers around <laughs> if I'm giving birth. So. <laughs> um, so we, um, you know, we kind of spent more time focusing on like on the house and having that ready. So, um, and I, I kind of, I had a chiropractor that I, that I trusted and an um, acupuncturist and pelvic floor physical therapy. So um, like that type of thing physically, I kind of felt like, okay, I know what to do there. Um, And then mentally it was a different preparation. I feel like it was more of a, um, like Doug and I had to prepare together because it was another human coming into our family instead of our family being created. Mm -hmm. So instead of, um, instead of like going to, you know, at the birth center, we went to the, um, 
what do you call the the birthing classes? The birthing classes, you know, the weekly birthing classes. Um, we went to like a day long second time parents um, birth class, which was geared more towards um, our relationship and reflecting on. on on the first birth and how our relationship changed and, um, and things like that. So that was definitely a different mental preparation versus like, um, you know, like getting the nursery ready and Mm -hmm. it was just a different, a different focus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we also, I mean, we had you and then, you know, our doula Rachel, you know, to kind of remind us about all the physical parts of labor and what, was going to, you know, what, what to expect and what, you know, what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. Cause all, you know, once you, you have your first child and all that preparation, you did all, you know, all those classes you take, just go right out the window because they don't matter anymore. Cause now you're <laughs> actually supporting. Mm-hmm. A life. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, I remember asking Rachel, our doula, like, Oh my gosh, can you remind me the stages of labor? Like <laughs> when's the bloody show? And because I do remember with Harrison being like, okay, okay, mucus plug check, bloody, whatever. I can't even remember the order, but it kind of was like sequential. So I, mm-hmm. I, I kind of had it memorized for, <laughs> for Harrison and I, I needed a reminder. And also I felt like um, knowing that you would be here and she would be here. I, that would be, wouldn't be something that I <laughs> needed to worry about. Mm-hmm. It's so it's so interesting how like the first time you know you're so yeah you are so focused on the the birth and the labor and beyond that is like you can't even sort of bring mm-hmm. that into your you know brain of like what the postpartum looks like what your relationship looks like what breastfeeding is like and and then the second time it's like yeah 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 done the birth you know and now let's talk about the beyond and. And like revisiting the symptoms of labor a little bit here and there, exactly. you know, and yeah. yeah, if you're coming out of hospital birth, it is very much like preparing the home and, um, and preparing the sibling as well. So how did you guys, how did you guys prep Harrison and how did you feel? Cause how old was he when you were pregnant and when you had Orson? Uh, when we had Orson, he was about two and a half. So I was, he was like turning, I was just pregnant when he turned two. So um, he, you know, it, it took me, I, I didn't show very early. So we waited till like I was showing to explain to him. And um, we found a few of like home birth books or um, books where it talks about like, okay, um, mama's having, you know, making these sounds and it's okay. And um books that kind of explained more about like what would happen around the house or like if he would go to a neighbor or, um, or that type of thing. And, um, you know, we, he goes to daycare. And so we talked a lot with the daycare people, like if this happens, then plan a, if this happens, plan B. So he knew that, Oh, maybe one day the daycare provider would take him home or, um, or, uh, our our neighbor would come over or something. So, um, that, that kind of happened like, during his exact sleep time. So, so that part we didn't have to. And he had, we had friends that were having their second, Mm -hmm. that had just had their second child, you know, where he was friends with the sibling who just became, you know, a big brother. And so we had a lot of examples to, to show him, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, you know, 
or the, not Link and that happened later, but you know, Keegan, Keegan, Keegan became a big brother, you know, and he gets to do this now mm-hmm. and he gets to help, you know, change diapers. And so I, and Harrison's a very curious kid. So he was kind of interested in everything and loved talking about the placenta. <laughs> yes. <laughs> would be like, let's feed mama through the belly button. And then, you know, he would know that you were coming over and he uh, met you and, you know, like listened to the heartbeat and stuff. So he was involved and wanted, wanted to know how the baby eats and how the baby breathes and, and all that stuff. He still talks about the placenta. (laughs) So, so amazing. Like what sticks with them, you know, and I wonder if we'll remember it even in a couple of years too. Yeah. So sweet. That's yeah. amazing. And were you at all nervous about laboring and, and with Harrison in the house? Was that ever like a, a fear of yours or concern or? Um, I felt like we had like enough support here that I knew that I didn't want him like around. I didn't want to um, like ha- take my brain away from, from the labor. Um and I, and he hadn't been very, um, like responsive. Like one time he went with me to the chiropractor and he saw me lay down and he got nervous. And that time that, um, I laid down on the couch with you here. And like, for, when we were listening to the heartbeat, he got nervous and started crying. So I thought maybe it wouldn't be good for, for him to be around. So mm-hmm. we kind of prepared for him to be elsewhere, which worked out because he was sleeping most of the time that yeah, everyone yeah. was here <laughs> and as, it, as it usually works, you know, mm-hmm. but it's good to have plan a plan B plan C. But most of the time I try to reassure clients, like it's most likely going to happen in the middle of the night, even if you had like a daytime birth, like there's just the first time or the previous time, there's just something about the very like protective labor brain that wants to make sure that like, you know, the firstborn or previous children are safe and good and out of the way. And then you mm-hmm. can, go into labor. So, yeah. So yeah, we spent time preparing him and, um, I, w- I thought you were gonna, I, I wanted to go back to, um, preparing my brain for, for birth. I, one thing that I held on to, cause I was, I felt like, okay, I did Harrison's birth. Like it really wasn't that bad. Like I felt prepared. We did the exercises and I remember like driving home from, from the birth center. And I said to Doug, like, okay, I would do that again. And like, I even like had a friend in water aerobics class, the, like prenatal water aerobics that was doing, like she was a surrogate and like, I was like, okay, well maybe this is possible. And then once it's the, you know, once I started getting more pregnant, <laughs> I was getting nervous about the pain. I was like, well, will I be able to do this again? And I was listening to a podcast that reminded that the, the pain for birth is, physiological. It is not pathological. And so that's something that, um, like helped me to, to be ready and to prepare. Yeah. To welcome that, welcome that pain again, when you know, like there's something wonderfully blissfully ignorant the first time is that you just can't conceive of what that pain is going to be like. You just make it out to be like, Oh, well, it's probably just going to be like a surge of intensity, but then you Mm -hmm. know how, different and it's so it's so doable but it's but it's but it is intense so it's Mm -hmm. like the now you know but it's like just yeah that's a wonderful way to remind yourself that it's like a really productive physiologic pain not Mm -hmm. something that's like hurting you and is wrong like yeah yeah, pathologic 
Yeah. And so that I, I had that to remind me and, um, we did, um, you know, after Britta's classes, we did all of her exercises that she recommended, <laughs> the ice cubes, and Doug did the ice cubes, and I did the ice cubes, and um, her book had come out. So I'm like, read chapter, I think it was seven, about, uh, you know, the partner supporting. And um, so, yeah, like most of our preparation was for mental part of the birth and postpartum rather than the actual birth like we like we did for Harrison. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that kind of speaks to what what were some expectations that you had going into this birth, knowing that like or having had the experience of Harrison's and feeling like, okay, like that wasn't that crazy. <laughs> did you did you have expectations that it would be similar, go even faster, or anything? I was hoping it could go as fast or (laughs) even faster. Um, But I was trying not to have expectations of like how the labor felt because with Harrison's birth, the labor felt much different than I was expecting. And so I think that's what took us a while to even realize I was in labor because I was like, I don't think that this is labor. I don't feel the four quadrants of my uterus contract. You know, like so I was trying not to hold on to a feeling that um like knowing that it was labor. Um and sorry, what was the second part of your question? Mm -hmm. Well, so just expectations, you know, of how of how it would go of, you know, thinking it would be similar or thinking it Mm -hmm. would was there any sort of inclination or clue that I think would be very different? <laughs> I feel <laughs> like Elizabeth, Elizabeth's look, looking like she, she wants to say no, but I, <laughs> but I, no, I think, I mean, we were, I think we were expecting Orson to come early as well since Harrison was, was two weeks early. And Oh, think, you mean timeline. timeline. Yes, and, yes. and I think we were expecting it, him to come quickly as well. We didn't think it would, he would, he would prolong anything for us. Yeah. later yeah Yeah. we had the what to do if baby comes quickly handout on the wall ready Mm -hmm. to go (laughs) yeah yeah, that that extra two weeks was was a long two weeks between Mm -hmm. but I I was ready for him to come like with work I, I had all of my IEPs and all of my meetings and all of my notes everything was done the first week of February Cause I was like, okay, if this is his due date, then if he comes two weeks early, February 6th could be the day. And you're laughing. Cause, <laughs> <laughs> cause it's just so classic. It's so classic. Birth <laughs> of Like it's so much bigger and it's so humbling and like, and everyone just needs, I guess, you know, everyone, every birthing person in the family just gets that spot that they just don't expect, you know, that hard, weird spot. I mean, you got a couple, but in this experience, but um, it's just so, it's just so interesting that even as an experienced parent, you get humbled, you know, Mm -hmm. and it started, yeah, when we, when the days started rolling past the two week point. Um, So how did you, yeah, like that was unknown territory for you carrying a pregnancy um, later. And, And how did you feel like you were coping coping with that. And then, you know, Doug, for you, like, how did you feel you could best support Elizabeth, even though this was also like new territory for you too? Um, 
and trying to kind of make sh- like believe and and also reassure that like this is normal and it's good and <laughs> well for me at first I was like oh ha 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 I'm still here you know like at work like this I you know I would tell the students like okay this might be our last speech, speech session and then they're like Mrs. John you're still here and you know just kind of like it was a joke for a couple of weeks like oh I'm still here oh I'm still here and then I started getting annoyed because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, you know, my, I would show up to, you know, Harrison's weekly, like preschool class thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still pregnant. Yeah. I'm still feeling okay. Yeah. You know, there was like no news, <laughs> nothing else to say. Like this baby's formed, like the app says that he has all of his <laughs> fingers and brain and everything. So there's nothing else happening. So I guess I was getting annoyed for the, towards the the end of those two weeks. Yeah, you were. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess more worried about like what would happen if we got, you know, like towards like 38 weeks, 39 weeks. And then once after 39 weeks, I was like, okay, what is our, what is our plan B here? (laughs) Like if if you were to go too late to then transfer out of care or just like, how do we get into labor? Well, I guess I was, well, yeah, uh, that um, we had our 39-week appointment, I guess, or was it our 40-week appointment? And um, we were kind of talking about, oh, well, there's the smoothie, and there's the this, and there's the that. And um, I hadn't done, like, any real, like, induction body work or anything like that. So I was just worried that we would have to go and get my... um, fluid levels checked and then they would recommend induction like right there. So, and you know, on one part of my brain, I'm like, was feeling safe and comfortable with you and your recommendations and everything. But also I, that wasn't the plan and I didn't want to get induced right then and there. I wanted to, you know, continue care and, um, you know, be at home or be with, be with the people that, that we were planning on at least. Yeah, I, I, Elizabeth would go, I think, you know, kind of to the, she, she'd look at the end game and, you know, and, and jump over, you know, well, we still have these many days, you know, within the window to have a home birth. And she'd go straight to, you know, I don't want to go to a hospital and have to, you know, be, mm-hmm. be, be induced. And so a lot of what, you know, the support I gave her was, you know, reminding her and reassuring her that, you know, we're still within this window you know, we just met with Haley. Here, the, here, here, are, the Haley things, was here, here are the things we're going to do. Two hours ago. <laughs> you know, here's, you know, on this day we'll do this, on this day we'll do that, you know, and, you know, and just trying to remind her that there's, there's still time for it to happen, you know. Yeah. And I even, I was searching back through our text messages and I found the text of the, the Friday night when I went into labor of like, okay, well, what happens if, you know, what happens if, I hit this mm-hmm. time and then you say, oh, um, I said, I was wondering what would happen if we're at the hospital for the NST and the results are that the placenta amniotic fluid heart rate isn't good. And then you just very calmly said, if it's not reassuring, the most likely medical induction mm-hmm. of labor will be recommended and it will happen. So that was, I think that must've been at like, we were driving to dinner then <laughs> and I went into labor at dinner. So 
<laughs> Isn't that amazing that like the moment you sort of just air out that like one last fear and maybe you've said it multiple times, but you just air it out one more time. You can just like release of like now it's, you're not holding on to it anymore. And maybe that was the very thing that just sort of like tipped you into labor yeah. one more time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I think that I, that, that week before Orson was born, I was kind of like, all right, well, I got to focus on myself. I had friend and a friend who just had twins and she broke her foot and I'm like, Oh, let me bring her food. And I had another friend who had a, a, a baby with like lung complications. And so running errands for her. And then I was like, you know what? I think I should stop doing that <laughs> and focus on me. And so I did like things that I hadn't been doing, like a prenatal yoga class online. And I went on a hike and, um, you know, things that were kind of out of the, that out of the routine to kind of get my brain, like focusing on, on me rather than the timeline and, Mm -hmm. and what else was going on in the world around me. And yeah, just kind of quieting that Mm -hmm. space. Yeah. So So let's hear about Orson's birth. (laughs) (laughs) Friday night, you were on your way to dinner and, and take, how many days you were four weeks and like three, I think Tuesday was my day of yes. Turning week. So, um, that, that was a Friday evening that Friday morning I had gone to like, you know, all the ladies in the neighborhood recommend to go see Carla. And so I went to see, I went on a hike. I got a manicure pedicure. Oh, and she was like, Oh, you got a manicure pedicure. You are so ready. I'm like, this is the second one. I was ready two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and so I had some body work with her, like some Cairo, whatever magic she does, acupuncture, Um, but I felt nothing and I went on the hike and I still felt nothing. And I was like waiting for just something and, um, just kind of went throughout the, continued throughout the day. And, um, we were on our way to dinner and texting you like, what's going to happen now? We picked up Harrison from daycare. We were all going to dinner and we talked about, okay, this day we'll do the smoothie. If this day we'll do, you know, we had a plan. And then at, um, like we were finishing up dinner and it was like, I looked at my clock, it was six ten, And I was like, Oh, I think that was something. And then five minutes later, I'm like, Oh, that was something. Did it feel like a menstrual like cramp or did you feel your belly just get tight, but it was just tighter than normal? It felt like, um, more of like internal ripping. Sorry, but <laughs> yeah, it was like, maybe like cervix facing mm-hmm. is what it was. And um, I didn't feel um, like with Harrison, I felt like it felt like really strong, like menstrual cramps, but this was more like, like with Harrison, it felt more like I'm like using my hands to go like internal, but with this one, it felt more like mm. ripping apart extra. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, I didn't say anything yet. Cause I wasn't sure. Mm-hmm. And we were at dinner and Harrison had bedtime and I just wanted to see how long I could go without, with just kind of pretending <laughs> that everything was normal in case, <laughs> in case, you know, I, um, you know, in case it was, um, 
what are the, sorry, Haley, what are those, the premodal? The, oh, oh yes, the okay. um, prodromal. Yes, thank you. Yeah, so I didn't say anything. We came home, put Harrison to bed. I was reading him his bedtime story and like, ooh, had to read certain pages really loud. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Harrison, Dad, did you pick up on any of this during the, like, Later parts of dinner or early bedtime. Well, she, I, she was hiding it from me. <laughs> she did a really good job internalizing it. <laughs> and so, yeah, I really didn't know until like Elizabeth was reading Harrison a book just before bedtime, and you could like, and then it was it was starting to become obvious that like something was going mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. and I, I I had commented on it, and then we got Harrison down, and I think as soon as we left his room. She was like, I'm in labor. Yeah, I'm like, there's blood. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, we called you and you came pretty quickly and I got in the shower and for a while I was like, maybe, I don't know, for a while, maybe like 20 minutes. I was like, well, this is kind of boring. Nothing's happening yet. And I'm feeling okay. And you know, you were arriving and Rachel came and Margo came and we were like, oh, it's kind of re- like a reunion. This is fun. <laughs> and then quickly I changed from that to I couldn't even hold the like shower head thingy by myself. So, um, yeah, I knew that there was something happening. I'm like, everyone's here. So this really, this must be labor. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> labor too. It's not just a sleepover, you know. <laughs> a sleepover. <laughs> and what were you thinking then? Because you were doing the logistics parts too. Yeah, I mean, I was, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I, te- I called or texted you and then kind of just got to work setting up the birth tub and, you know, just, prepping everything that we needed to have and remembering to defro, you know, pull out the meal to have, you know, mm-hmm. you know after <laughs> Orson was born. And, and then you, and then, you know, I was, you know, started timing, you know, contractions oh, yeah. and, you know, they were, you know, I think her contractions started at five minutes apart. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, when I, you know, when I start, you know, when I, I think we probably spent 20 minutes, you know, kind of just kind of timing and checking everything. And I sent you the screenshot and you're like, I'm on my way over. <laughs> yeah. everyone, everyone just like mobilized like really <laughs> fast. And just all of a sudden everyone was here. Everyone's and here. <laughs> it was, it was a, it was a neat moment. Like having you and Margot and Rachel and Amanda, and Amanda came who too. was new, mm-hmm. but you know, everyone from our last birth, like, kind of in the room together. Mm-hmm. It was kind of, it was kind of neat. And like, yeah, I mean, if, like a sleepover, like it just felt <laughs> like it was a fun, like a, like a, a, a really cool reunion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, it, it was reassuring too. Cause I felt like, all right, they've seen my birth. They know my birth. They know my body and know me, you know, through two labors, through two pregnancies. So it was, it was really nice to have like, familiar bodies and faces and, you know, vibes around where I I didn't have to like introduce myself. I didn't have to wear any clothes. I was, (laughs) I was fine. (laughs) Yeah. You got to be you and not worry about like being in, yeah, hostess kind of considerate, sweet, 
on yeah. Elizabeth mode. You know, <laughs> just got to be you. So, um, let's see. You got there, and I, I guess I was in and out of the the birth tub a lot. Um, and I was looking at Rachel's notes. I was on the the toilet a lot too. I think I I liked it there. I remember, and I because you had felt kind of pressure in your butt kind of earlier on in the morning, like kind of shortly after we all got there, I remember there was just more kind of, and I think that's all And the toilet feels so good when you have that pressure, just Mm -hmm. release it. So yeah, you kept kind of heading back to that. Right. And that was with my first labor. I guess this was an expectation that, that feeling of like, Oh my God, I got to poop. Like I was like, I couldn't help it. And like, it was a, a Rachel came in right before like, this is for Harrison's birth. When she came in, I said, I had a push and poop here. I had a push and poop, Rachel. And she's like, okay, it's time to go. <laughs> so that's, that was a feeling that I was kind of like, okay, I, I remember what that feels like. So um, the, the feeling of like the, the downward pressure, I was like, okay, this is, this is something that um, means something is happening. <laughs> but yeah, I was looking at Rachel's notes and um, yeah, she says around nine, so she, she, I think you guys probably got there around eight or eight thirty, and then around nine, I was at the toilet and I had the um, urge to push, and then I, back and forth from the from the tub, and um, that's when she said, "But my um, my legs started cramping," mm. and um, then around ten, we did the cervical check. And I was because right, after an hour yeah. of like feeling pressure for your second baby, you'd one would expect like, okay, where's this kid? You know, <laughs> the seams have parted before, and so what's going on? And so yeah, we did the check. Yeah, that. and I I don't think you told me, and I we had said like, even if you tell me the number, I'm not going to even know what that means. So mm-hmm. don't tell me. But then. I remember after that, you're like, okay, well, let's do 10 on this side and 10 on that side. I'm like, oh gosh, that's a thing. All right. <laughs> if Haley says, let's do it, let's do it. And <laughs> still nothing really happened. Um, I remember, I think maybe we did another check and you asked me, um, like, do you feel him descending? Do you feel him coming down? I'm like, Haley, no, I don't feel... I feel the urge to push and I feel the contractions, but I don't feel the contractions being productive. Mm. Like I felt like there was a, like there was a disconnect between like where my pelvis was and where my uterus, I don't know if that's the right anatomy, but there was like something missing right Mm. where they were like, they weren't talking to each other. So um, that, that had me worried where, that I was like with Harrison's birth, I just kind of like, I knew what my body was going to do and, or I couldn't help but let my body take over. And I was kind of waiting for that to happen mm. with, with this birth and it never really did. <laughs> yeah. We were sort of pushing it along the whole time, like never really just, like you said, letting it take over, which is like, you almost had the experience of a second birth the first time or the second first you know a a labor Mm -hmm. the first time around where it took over and the second one we're kind of pushing up a hill a little bit of like come Mm -hmm. on 
Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we tried all, you had all the tricks in the book for a while. It was like, okay, let's try this position. Let's try this position in the tub, out of the tub, in the shower, out of the shower. Um, you did coached pushing. You're like, this is what's going to happen. And we're going to try this. I'm like, okay, Haley, whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I was never worried about like my safety or his safety or anything like that. I was just like, when is, when is this going to happen? When is the, when are things going to click into place? So um, I remember we did the coached pushing and I remember you, like you went in and told me like push from here. And I'm like, I, I am. So it was just kind of like, yeah, you're right. Like pushing up, a, uh, going up a hill and just one step in front of the other. And um, my, like the leg cramp that it started with, a um, numb leg. I was like, guys, my leg feels numb. This is funny. And, you know, nobody really thought of anything. And then the leg cramp started and it was hard for me to walk. And then with the contractions, the pain from what I thought was the leg cramp was more intense than the actual contraction. Mm. So it was, I was you know, going back to like the, the labor pain is, physiological, not pathological. I felt like that pain in my leg was pulling me out of um, like me using my animal brain. Like I had practiced turning off my cortex and all the different lobes and then just going to my, you know, just going to my brainstem and letting that take over. And I just kept kind of getting pulled out of that. And I just, I was like, oh gosh, guys, sorry that my leg hurt so bad. We were hypervolting. We were stretching. We were putting aren't, we had probably used like a whole bottle of arnica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think where, and where we were thinking is like, there is something in Orson's position that is a little tweaked. And that's why like, A, it's taking longer than we anticipated. And he's probably sitting on some nerve. And that's what we were just like, it's just a nerve, you know, he's just sitting on a weird nerve and ligament and just causing the shooting pain, which is like you said, it's, it's, that's a, that's a not normal pain. And so it is very distracting from trying to just surrender to the, the pain that you're supposed to, you know, mm -hmm. so you're like fighting up against these two different sensations and really, really difficult. Yeah. And I remember like thinking, I was just saying, Oh my God, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. And then I would like feel that pain. And then my brain would like switch over to like my like abdomen area and think I would say, Oh my gosh, it, it's hurt so bad. And Rachel, the doula said, yes, it's powerful. And I'm like, okay, I got to switch this to pain to powerful. And like these contractions are powerful. They're helping him be born. They're helping him do what he needs to do. So that helped me switch a little bit over. But, um, even in that, like the video that, um, that we took towards the end, like I'm still saying, like I'm sorry, guys, my leg it just hurts <laughs> so bad, and um, yeah, it just kept kind of um, taking me out of my out of my animal brain. And I remember it seemed like if you look at the timestamps, it's like ten minutes, but I thought it was like an hour before he was born. I just I was in the position where I was holding my own leg, and I just had to. Um, I like blacked out. Like I forgot about my leg. I just could feel my hand on my foot. And then I just turned off my brain for that part and just focused on the rest of my body. Cause 
otherwise I, I don't think I could have literally pushed through. <laughs> yeah. You sort of have to have this moment in which you leave your body, which is a little scary. Cause like, that's what people do when there's like trauma and, and as much as birth is, a f- it, it is a physically traumatic event and that like something huge is happening to your body. We don't often associate those two words together, but mm-hmm. um, you, t- in order to like survive this, you know, you do sort of have to like, like you said, like kind of black out that, that part. Um, mm-hmm. And Doug, like this is obviously a lot longer of a labor in which you're supporting Elizabeth and, and ha- what was going through your brain and, and what do you feel worked as far as like, you know, physical hands-on support, especially since there was so much physical sensation. Um, were you worried at all, you know, concerned about things? Um, yeah, I wasn't, I was never really, really worried. We were just talking about mm-hmm. this last night, trying to sort of remember. And I think just, you know, knowing, you know, at that point, like you were, you know, you were obviously with us, you know, Sarah had come, mm-hmm. um, you know, and yeah, you know, we, we had so many people here and so many people we trusted that, you know, if we were going to have to transfer, you know, you would, you would tell us and we would just, we would agree with you. Mm-hmm. We would just go. Um, so I tried, I tried not to, to worry too much. Um, I think with Elizabeth's leg, I think no one really thought beyond it was just a cramp or a nerve, you know, that was getting hit. So we never really had the opportunity to worry about yeah. anything else. Like last night I said, you know, like I never had that moment where it's like, Oh my God, like what if, what if she's paralyzed or <laughs> you know anything else? Like you wouldn't think of that. You yeah. know, so that was never a concern. So, you know, I was just trying to provide as much support as I could, mm-hmm. you know, and I think, you know, most of what the support I was providing was mostly physical. I think, yeah. yeah. What's interesting with um, with Harrison's birth, he I was alone most of the night and I was okay with that. But pretty much as soon as I got out of the shower the first time with Orson's birth, I was like le- literally leaning on Doug and like he was I kind of like gravitated to him to for that physical support. And he just kind of was always he was just always there when I needed him. He was doula dugging. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's like, it's so lovely to be needed in that, in that space. Cause I think oftentimes birth, you know, you are surrounded by a lot of capable providers who maybe tend to be women in the more out of hospital sphere. And so maybe partners feel so kind of a little bit like, what do I do? Like, what do I need? And, uh, and, but you were very necessary, you know, for this, for this experience. And it's a a nice feeling. Yeah. We had such a good relationship with you and Rachel, like Rachel would suggest, you know, hold her here, hold her there. And she did something magical while he did that. And so. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely stepped into the parts that I was, not able to or having difficulty providing, you know, a lot of, I think more, and she, she did a lot more talking. Mm-hmm. Did And she really knew how and, to do that hip squeeze. Like. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, it was a, it was a whole new experience for me because I, you know, I really wasn't around for most of Harrison's labor, mm-hmm. you know, and God. you were more logistics. Like you did a great job, like getting the yeah. fat, you know, 
we didn't think Harrison was going to be born for another month. So we have <laughs> things ready, but like not in the car ready, but so he did logistics for Harrison and this time he was like a physical, yeah. emotional. Support. I mean, there was, there was probably uh, maybe 10 minutes where I just felt so much pressure because I had four experienced women in the room, you know, all kind of staring at me and Elizabeth and I'm trying to support her and, and help her. And I was like, God, I hope I'm doing everything. (laughs) And then it just like that faded away and it just went to, you know, this is what we're doing. This is Mm -hmm. what, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to do. And, and throughout the time there was a definite energy of like, like a women's circle type energy of me feeling connected to you and Rachel and Margo. And then Sarah came and I had never met Sarah, but I, felt like I knew her through you and she just kind of like swooped in and didn't, you know, like you told me, okay, Sarah's here. And I hadn't opened my eyes and I don't know how long. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's okay. <laughs> like it was just kind of like a seamless transition. So I had consistently felt the, like the support of the women through throughout it. And like, even during those, like after a cervical check and things weren't really going on or, um, when I, I don't know what time it was, but it was probably, when did we discuss, like, if this doesn't happen, then we need to go to the hospital. It was like an hour before he was born, probably. It was pretty, yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just thinking about the timestamp. So, cause he was born at 8 a.m. or no, 10. he was born at, oh, okay, right. I left. I remember I left at eight, but yeah. Um, yeah so I think you, yeah. So it, cause it had been about like, you know, four hours of like real, like you were completely dilated and four hours of real pushing. And that's like the limit, you know, and, but you were a second time mom. So I was like, there's it. I was like, you just got to do this, you know, but at that point I was like, if it doesn't happen, you know, we, we got to go. And, and there is something to be said about like, you know, dangling that carrot a little bit. I think there's like (laughs) adrenaline surge that happens for people of like, Oh no, like we are not, after all this, we are not doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, it, I remember asking you guys and I think maybe it was Sarah cause Sarah was doing the Doppler and she was always, she was giving like a personality to his heartbeat and like, Oh, it's, you know, like, Oh, he's giggling. I can't remember what it was, but I'm like, I remember thinking she really knows a heartbeat. So if he says it's okay, then, then he's okay. So I asked it like, if he's okay, then no, let's just figure this out. And um, Rachel lovingly shoved peanut butter into my mouth, even mm-hmm. though I didn't want because <laughs> I was, I was so tired and so hungry. And so like my, all my muscles were just so sore. So oh, yeah. Yeah. As much as I hated having that peanut butter in my mouth, I think that that's <laughs> really <laughs> was helpful. <laughs> Yeah, giving you that. Yeah, giving you the energy after after exerting so much, even though it's the last thing that you want to do. Yeah, and the perfectly sized ice chips that I was demanding. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing how particular one gets. Yes, <laughs> it has to be just right. So Orson is born. He's mm-hmm. on your chest. The biggest sigh of relief. Oh, yes, happens on my end, and <laughs> I'm sure for yours as well. Yeah, we were all like, we were all working together. That was like, 
I remember you and Sarah were, were reminding me like he's doing what he needs to do. Like it felt like there was an eternity between contractions and you guys said, Oh, he's doing what he needs to do. You just wait. And, but we, I just really needed to like use my forces to push him out with your help of kind of like encouraging him out. So yes, it was a big sigh of relief that I was still there and he was okay. At first he didn't cry. And Oh my goodness, Sarah got the towels and, uh, finally he, and you, I remember you standing there right there, very calmly, like with the oxygen, like I might need to give him oxygen. I'm like, if you think so, then fine. <laughs> so, yeah, cause it's yeah. a big squeeze for them, you know, and it's, and they get tired as well. And, um, but, but he, he came to within a minute. I mean, he just, mm-hmm. he just, he just needed a second to get all, to get reminded that he was on this side of things. <laughs> and I remember thinking, Oh my God, is he okay? And after that labor, his head shape was so strange. And I'm like, that's okay. We can get the helmet. We had a helmet for Harrison. That's okay. <laughs> you know, like as long as we're here. So yeah, I just felt so exhausted after that. Yeah. And he was a bigger kid because he mm-hmm. was two weeks later that he was. He was two pounds bigger than Harrison. Two pounds bigger. Yeah, and two inches longer. Yeah. <laughs> so there's like so many explanations as to, you know, what was going on. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's significant. And you're a petite person, you know, so that's a lot for one's, you know, body. But um, so. I mean, one, okay, so I just want to talk about kind of what happens. So this is also, I want to remind everyone, this is almost a year ago. This is February, 2020 and 29th. That's right. End of February. So shortly thereafter, literally a March baby, he should be a March baby in my brain. He was going to be a February baby. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That the, there's a lot all of a sudden going on, you know, in the, in the early postpartum. So you have, you know, obviously Harrison and now you have Orson and you're, learning to breastfeed and you're physically recovering from the birth as you do emotion, as you do normally. Um, but then you also have this lingering nerve pain. Um, and yeah, it was funny. At the I same time outside of your house. The initial, I wouldn't say like Sorry. the initial like lockdown begins of the pandemic. So like options are getting to be limited as far as like how to get support for mm that lingering nerve pain, but I just want to, yeah, talk about all of that for you guys. Um, yeah, it was really hard to get support. Like even my general practitioner was closed. I, you know, I, I was looking back at the calendar. I'm like, how long did we wait until we went to the orthopedist? Cause my, the, the pain was so bad, but also my, I couldn't move my foot. My foot was paralyzed. And so we're like, this is extra peculiar. So we had Carla come again and do her magic and that still didn't work. And she's like, you know, maybe by the end of the week, go to the orthopedist. And so they took some x-rays and saw that the the nerve was pinched. And so they're like, well, you need to do this many weeks of PT before you can have an MRI. And um, finally I got approved. Um, I finally got approved for the MRI. Finally got approved for physical therapy. Finally got approved for back surgery, but that's when um, the initial lockdown was happening and non-essential surgeries weren't happening. So 
it was, I couldn't go to the hospital for the surgery. And also I needed like pre-op stuff. I can't even remember all the things that I needed to do in my general, like my doctor was closed. So we had to find piece together, like where to get x-rays and where to get blood work all while, like I have a three week old, two week old. I'm going to these appointments literally in my, my like bloody adult diapers. I can't walk. Like it was, it was crazy. That's so crazy, Elizabeth. It's so <laughs> intense. I mean, I don't know how you got through. How did you get through that time? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, I could drink wine then. So that was key. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it was really hard. Um, and my parents, my parents had come for like the day of the birth. Originally we were planning that for on them to come maybe a couple days after, but I was just so tired and like, my leg hurt and my, it was kind of like, why did you guys drive down now? They, they live in San Jose. So it was a, I don't know. They probably got here in the early evening. So that was, Oh, they got here right at Harrison's bedtime. And we said, don't even come in the door, put Harrison to bed and just, we'll say hi to you later. <laughs> um, so they were here, but um, that, and that was really helpful to have them there, but also then Harrison's daycare closed. And so, <laughs> so they were taking care of Harrison. I had Orson and my leg foot thing going on. And yeah, it was, it was really hard. And you know, you would normally have friends come over and hold your baby or um, your neighbor watch your older kid and none of that could happen. We did have like, I didn't want to see anybody for a little bit of time because I was in such pain and it just hurt. It just took a lot of energy just to even like send a, send a text to say like that Orson was born. It took a lot of energy to pick his name. It took two days. <laughs> um, so it just, I, I was like saying ah, people with chronic pain, I understand why they're not always in the best mood. Like I remember one day, like, my dad asking me something in the morning and oh my God, he's the sweetest guy. But I snapped at him because I just couldn't think about whatever he was asking me. And my pain was so overwhelming. And I had a, a newborn, like it was just a lot, a lot of layers going on. And Doug, like, did, I mean, obviously that meant that you were like stepping up your game as far as I'm sure that meant like introducing bottle feeding a little bit sooner than you. Cause you, if you were going to these appointments, Elizabeth, like you were mm -hmm. pumping. So leaving Doug with a bottle and also making sure Harrison and <laughs> how did, how, how was that for you, Doug? It was, I had, I had some strange things going on with my job as well, which kind of threw everything for a loop. Um, and so I had my mind, like I was being torn in two directions and like in retrospect, I don't think I handled it as well as I could have. Mm. You know, and I, I should have been more present with Elizabeth than at work. And it was, you know, it was, it's hard, you know, we have, you know, with Elizabeth's parents here, it, you know, seems like there's should be enough help, but there yeah. really, there really isn't. Um, so I was, I was trying to come in and be as helpful as I could but then at the same time, you know, we were, you know, Elizabeth was under a doctor's orders, you know, don't lift anything over, mm -hmm, over 10 pounds, over 10 pounds. Don't, you know, you know, don't, you know, you know, try to, try to sit like this and that, you know. Oh yeah. The whole you know, like 
I couldn't yeah. lean back because of my, my back surgery, I couldn't bend, lift or twist. Yeah. So, uh, and- you know, <laughs> I was, you know, every time, you know, she got up to, to feed Orson, you know, at night meant I was getting up to get him out of, out of the bassinet and bring him over and then had to wait for him to be finished. And he was a slow drinker, <laughs> you know, so it would be waiting for 45 minutes and then to get out of bed again, to walk around to the other side and grab him and put him back down and so it was, you know, it was tough. I think it was tough for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, we were all just kind of zombies for a while. Yeah. And and I, you think, yeah, like, okay, my parents are here to take care of Harrison. Okay, that makes sense. And then I'm here to take care of Orson. Okay. But, like, Doug needed to take care of himself. And he needed to, like, I needed a lot of, like, mental taking care of and physical taking care of. Like, I couldn't hold my baby. I couldn't walk with, like I was an unstable walker. I couldn't walk with him. I couldn't, you know, bounce with him. I couldn't put the a carrier on because my incision from my back surgery was right there. So none of it, none of it was working. There was, you know, you can call your neighbor. You, it was, yeah, it was a very, it was a dark, I don't know, six weeks, two months that, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I was thinking of, um, Britta Bushnell tells the story of Inanna going down to the underworld and, you know, she says, um, maybe you can probably tell the story better than I can, but she's a Sumerian goddess that goes down to the underworld and she prepares like her other, I don't know if it's sisters or people in her community to come check on her. She knows she's going somewhere unknown. So she needs, she has people to check on her. And I had all of that prepared. I had my lactation consultant lined up. I had my pelvic floor PT. I had a meal train. I had, you know, all of the binding. I had the belly binding. I had all the things that that you could think of, like that, or that I could think of for my postpartum, like vacation. I had it planned. Like I said, this time I'm not, I'm not getting anybody a towel from the hall closet the day after I give birth. I'm going to be in bed for three days on bed for you know, whatever it is. And that was the plan. And we were, we were ready for it. I made freezer meals. I was so ready um, for like a calm postpartum, but you know, that <laughs> even with the, the meal train, the timing with everything was, that's when like grocery stores had long lines and, you know, people were worried about their own food. Like you're not going to make a, you know, like, how can you worry about somebody else when you, you're worrying about your own family and getting them their own food and making their own meals so that, like, I it worked for a couple weeks, but, like, everybody was so worried about the, the, the their selves and their own family. And, you know, you don't want to cook something. That's when you're wiping everything down. So, you know, it was it was a lonely time for me and for for Doug and I, cause we didn't have the community that we had built or planned on and it just wasn't accessible. And no one to check on you as you yeah. had planned and wanted mm-hmm. you know, with the story. And it's like, that was really your underworld. You know, that was really like, I mean, yes, there were, there were like glimpses of it from the birth because it was like so different and it was very humbling and, you know, but, but this was really the, like, in the Brita, you know, language, like, that's, that was a point in your labyrinth when, like, 
you were making that, you know, that turn. And mm-hmm. when, and sometimes, yeah, like you just have to kind of stop and you can't move. It doesn't feel like you can move forward, even though you, you obviously have to, but, um, but yeah, it's, there's, there is a death part of yeah. that and the grief of like yeah. losing the thing that you thought was going to happen in this postpartum. Mm-hmm. It was so far from it. Yeah. And even like, I'm still not, I'm still not over it. Like mm-hmm. I had the, a mom's group that I went to with, with Harrison that were, oh, it, these ladies were always so nice and we had good topics and she made a homemade meal. And, you know, like I was just so looking forward to that or just like looking forward to walking around the neighborhood with Orson, but I couldn't walk. So, <laughs> you know, like, you know, like stopping with the neighbors and saying, oh, here's Orson. He was born last month or whatever. Like I couldn't even do that. So it's still taking time to like, I don't know if I need to like get over it or be okay with that. It didn't happen. Be okay with the death of that, of that plan, of that idea, of that, of that wish. So. And, you know, I mean, you're not alone in the sense that like the people who gave birth in 2020, in 2020, you know, I've, I've heard it. Well, first of all, the, the clients who were not as at risk for any sort of postpartum mood disorder, many were, you know, and mm-hmm. also I heard time and time again, like, I want to do over, I want another baby simply <laughs> have a different postpartum experience. Cause it, it felt like it was robbed from them of like mm-hmm. that very, that very collective experience, like you said, of like sharing your baby with your community and, and being amongst other moms and it just got taken away. And then on top of that was the very unique experience. And, and I want to go back to the back to your, you know, back surgery and nerve pain only because I want to, I don't want to also scare people and thinking like, Oh, this is a possibility of home birth, but that why, so what did they find with your back and, um, and the, and like, why did this happen? Mm -hmm. The, the neurosurgeon said that he sees this sometimes um, when, like when, when he sees that same um, between the L5 and the S1, that same pinched nerve, um, he recommends moms not to, to have a C-section because there could be nerve damage and paralysis. So we didn't obviously know prior to, to birth. So he said it was the intra-abdominal pressure that kind of inflamed the nerve and the, the, the disc between the two, um, vertebrae. vertebrae. And so my back surgery was having the, the inflammation of the disc, um, removed. And this was something that he, did you have any prior, um, injuries or anything like that to your back before? You know, uh, now looking back now that like the pain is mostly gone, but I can still feel like, Oh, I, it feels like, Oh, I need to stretch my hip or like, Oh, I have a pain in my foot. I probably had like a miniature, like a little hint of it for years and years. Mm. And for whatever reason, this, the, the pressure, um, really aggravated it. And, um, and so he recommended, um, when, when he saw how bad my, like my, foot paralysis was he recommended surgery and um there was no time to get second opinion or anything because <laughs> yeah and I it was I mean everything was really rushed because it was the orthopedist ordered the MRI mm-hmm. which took you know that you know and then it wasn't rushed that took two weeks mm-hmm. to even get an appointment and then you know another week before she could have a 
you know, a, a, you know, a teleconsult and, you know, and was sent to the pain management specialist, you know, you know, with the expectation that it was just going to be an epidural. Yeah. I'm like, wait, an epidural. <laughs> I just did a whole birth not to have an epidural. What's going on? And it was, it was the, the pain management specialist that, that looked at Elizabeth and saw what she couldn't do with her foot and the pain she was in and would, you know, immediately called, you know, the, the, nurse, the neurologist right? that he knew and the neurologist was like, you know, send her over right now. Mm-hmm. Like we have to take care of this. Um, so it just, you know, it, everything escalated really mm-hmm. quickly. Yeah. This wasn't like a typical home birth out of hop. This is not a, something that anybody would have expected or people, I, nobody even hears about this. There's a whole book of moms on Facebook, whole Facebook group of moms <laughs> that have had it, but, but you, I've never met anybody that, that yeah. had before. Um, and even, I feel like even experienced labor and delivery nurses, you know, if we were to transfer and be like, she's having nerve pain, let's have a C-section. They would just be like, like, wait, mm-hmm. hold on. Like, is everything okay with the babies everything? You know? And it's like, it, it, it is such a rare, um, thing, but, but, you know, and also I get, you know, perhaps like the growing weight of, of Orson in your body, like mm-hmm. different because it didn't happen with Harrison's birth and he was smaller and, you know, mm-hmm. didn't perhaps put that same amount of pressure on your body. Like, you know, like Orson did, um, that, yeah, it's just like, what a, what a, <laughs> yeah, you need crazy wild experience. Yeah. And even in the, like, Facebook group of moms that I'm on, like, even like in the hospital, you know, they're like, they're posting in the hospital, like the nurse says this, but I feel that. And, you know, it's just something that's not common. And it, and it presents like, um, since it's kind of in the same area where people get epidurals, like if it's the needle goes in the wrong way, then this type of pain can happen. So it kind of gets misdiagnosed as that too, it sounds like. So it's, something that's not common or well-known. So it's something that we wouldn't have even yeah. known about or prepared for. And so how is it feeling now being 10, well, yeah, 10 months? Yeah. Oh my God. 10 months. Um, the pain is mostly gone. Um, the I have mostly the same range of motion in my foot. Um, it's still pretty numb. Like um, I'll trip on it sometimes or, um, like when it was really bad, I would like close my foot in the door getting in the car because I didn't know where my foot was. Yeah, like little things like that. And I couldn't drive because it was my right foot. So I couldn't even lift up my. So being a, I started driving in, in August. So being able to drive was helpful for the family and helpful for my mind to go somewhere besides the front porch. <laughs> <laughs> um. And, you know, there are some things like, okay, I can, I can walk quickly where I can like, feel like I get a nice, a nice walk around the neighborhood, but, um, I'm a tap dancer. And so having that like fine motor movement in my right foot, which used to be my good foot, um, (laughs) has been sad to, to see, um, what I can and cannot do. So, um, but Jeez, I can sleep through the night now. The pain like was keeping me up at night and um, I can walk and I, I can hold Orson confidently without um, having to, you know, watch every, I would have to like think about every single step. So, mm. 
yeah, it's much better. It's worlds different. Wow. And, and is the prognosis that it will continue to be that way? Or this is as much as like in a year that. Yeah. With like, I'm PT is like, Oh, you're healed. And so um, when I was asking like the, with the follow-up with the nerd, with the neurologist, like some have a hundred percent recovery. Some don't even get to the point where you are. So, Mm. um, you know, I'm just, I'm happy that I can, can walk and drive and, and hold my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Things that you take for granted and it's like, wow. You know, (sighs) and it's just, I mean, I'm glad that we got to talk about your birth only because, well, for many reasons, but one of them being that, you know, your whole focus had to shift to, to your foot and your, and, and, you know, in the pandemic and figuring out things with Harrison. And it's like, you don't really get to sort of just like relish and sit in your birth experience and process it a little bit more, even though like, of course we did in our postpartum follow-ups, but, um, but yeah, you know, you're, you're still considered postpartum, you know, so you're still in it. And um, yeah, I was like looking forward to this because I remember with, with Harrison, you go to the mom's groups and you talk a little bit about your birth story. You talk about like this happened that you like relate to other people, but even as much over zoom or over text message or whatever, it's, it's not the same. And so just being able to like talk about it and kind of see, you know, see how I'm feeling now versus six weeks ago versus six months ago. It's, it's good to see, to see the progress there too. With mm-hmm. That. Mm-hmm. And to have it. Yeah. Cause you do feel differently and, and time is so weird and it warps your brain and you don't remember things as clearly. So I'm glad you have mm-hmm. the and the notes and now you have this to hold on to as well. Yes. But, yes. <laughs> um, so as we very soon enter into 2021 mm-hmm. and reflect back on this wild and strange and sad year and times, but also like there's been a lot of wins and a lot of gains, including like the birth of your son. But, you know, what for you do you feel you've walked away with, you know, what are the wins? What are the wins for you guys? I feel like it's just helpful for other expectant parents and people who've just had babies just remember like the gains instead of the losses. And, Mm -hmm. um, and what, for you guys, has that been? I do feel lucky that I finished my, like my prenatal and like I was able to, we didn't have masks or anything, you know, for our, for the birth was hundred percent pre pandemic. And we had some in-person visits and stuff um, after Orson was born. So I do feel lucky with that. Hmm. But at the same time, one thing that I think that this year has showed us is that it's okay to be two things at once. So there are often times when I felt like so sad and so upset, but then also so lucky. So like there's one time at dinner when um, I was like, geez, this sucks. Like here we are. (laughs) I don't have, (laughs) I don't have feeling in my foot. We have a toddler and a baby and no, nothing to help. And, but, it's a pandemic. So Doug's office is closed. So he is working from home. So, you know, things we, I've been able to kind of be okay with holding two things at the same time. So 
when you have a new baby, oh my gosh, your body hurts and you're so tired and your nipples are chapped and you're, you just don't even know like what kind of decision to make. And so you feel sometimes like internally paralyzed about what to do next. And so you can feel so sad or concerned about that. But at the same time, there's also space for the joy and the excitement of a newborn of like, oh, look, he smiled at me for the first time or, oh, he noticed the shadows or whatever. But it's, you don't have to be one or the other. It's okay to be both in the same minute or the same day. <laughs> what about you, babe? Um, yeah, I, things, you know, things had gotten so dark for us for a while. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many things going on and, you know, a toddler that's lashing out. He was, yeah, and, he was being a very good job yeah. at being a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, you know, there were days and nights and probably weeks where we just, we I didn't even really want to talk to each other, mm-hmm. you know, for as much as we did, like you just like all that darkness kind of took over and you just, you know, want to, want to move on to something else. And, you know, I think, but, you know, in the end, like we came out of that and I think, you know, we relearned how to support each other and, you know, and how, you know, we relearned, you know, how strong we really are and that we're able, you know, we can handle this, you know, mm-hmm. we've got, you know, we've got support when we, when we really, really need it. You know, we've been fortunate Elizabeth's parents have been able to come down yes. as often as they did. Yes. Um, but, you know, even without them, we, we can do this, you know, you know, and as we're, you know, ending this year, it's like, all right, if we, we can apparently survive a pandemic. So I, what else can we do? You know, we can, you know, it's going to, you know, this is going to work and we're going to, you know, come out the end or mm-hmm. other end much stronger than, you know, we were. And, you know, it things can and will get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing um, that we've kind of honored in each other is um, one of the, one of the postpartum preparations that we did was um, like, how are we going to have like some self care time or what, what, what we need. And I did the belly binding, which was so wonderful. And we were trying to figure out for Doug, like, Oh, should you go to like the barber and get a shave every week? Or like, what's your self care going to be like? And, um, he, he's a cyclist and goes on long bike rides. And so we decided that like that's his self care. And so we've kind of made sure to honor that. Um, even like on days when it's hard or, seems like it's a lot, but that's like, that's important to him and that's important to our family. And so that's yeah. kind of helped us get through that part. Thank you guys so much. This has been so amazing and so insightful and the most courageous and strong and badass. So <laughs> thank you for being willing to share. Honestly, it's, it's, it's a lot to revisit, you know, something that intense. And I, I, I really do appreciate you. Yeah. Being vulnerable to that because it it's, it's helpful to people to hear these experiences that are raw and real, but, um, but yeah, very, very yeah. listening to so thank you so much. So I hope that this helps other moms and especially pandemic moms who's, you know, they're giving birth now that started, that got, 
pregnant at the beginning of the pandemic. So they weren't expect, you know, people who found out they were pregnant in March and April had no idea and no, it couldn't plan for this. So I'm sending good vibes and support to all those moms too. Thanks for listening to Milk Trails. I'm your host and midwife, Haley Oaks. Be sure to visit midwifemilktrails.tumblr.com to access the show's notes, view photographs, or leave your comments. Stay tuned about new episodes by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and tell all your pregnant friends about it. We'll catch you next time.